When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Nebraska Public Media Sports brings you live coverage of the NSAA High School Baseball Championships from Werner Park in Omaha on Friday, May 17th. Catch the Class C game at noon Central, Class B game at 3.30 p.m. Central, and Class A at 7 p.m. Central on Nebraska Public Media. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You're listening to Hurt at Sports Radio. And a single tailback. Now McNamara's up under center. They run a draw. Touchdown, Iowa. Jazz Patterson scores on a counter draw over center and right guard. And I don't think he was touched. And they had everybody on the line. Welcome back to Hurt at Sports Radio on AM 590 ESPN Omaha, ESPN Tri-Cities. I'm Ravi Lula. Andrew Rogers here with me. What up? And we are joined now by Scott Dockerman from The Athletic covering Iowa football. Scott, uh, we definitely appreciate your time. It's not like you've been busy in the last 24 hours, right? Yeah, it's been a, it's been a little bit of a wild ride, I guess, since uh, Sunday. And, uh, here we are, you know, kind of... Uh, Day one, A.D. or A.B.S., if you want to call it that. <laughs> Scott, so just run me through the timeline here of when's the first time you started hearing whispers of this starting to happen, and how did that progress into, oh, this is reportable information that Brian Ferentz is going to be finished at the end of the season? Yeah, I mean, you know, there there always are rumors, and, you, you know, that happens with every major program, and you just kind of – check into the ones you think are are normal or ones that you think are legitimate and then the ones that are just somebody throwing out speculation that people are trying to pick up on. Well, I started hearing from legitimate people on Sunday that there might be something in the works here and it's been uh, discussed. And then it just turns out that, uh, you know, there was really a lot of smoke then on Sunday night and by Monday, you know, it became, you know, readily apparent that that, what had happened happened it was just more about the details of what happened i mean we you know i i knew or i learned that over the weekend that you know brian parents wasn't going to be retained as offensive coordinator i just wasn't sure if that was kind of a his decision if it was mutually beneficial or or what and then we found out um you know later on that it was the beth gets that actually uh you know and made that decision and it wasn't necessarily uh, mutually beneficial or mutually agreed upon. So that's what really, uh, <laughs> that's kind of where we stand now, which is the interim athletic director made the decision. It wasn't a, a joint Ferrets family decision. 
Scott, this this was inevitable. I mean, nobody expected Iowa to average 25 points per game with how lackluster this offense was last season. And, and, you know, 25 points in college football really isn't a whole lot of points. But do you think that number was set nearly unreachable for Brian Ferentz to make it easier to let him go at the end of the day? Well, it was a simple goal if you think about it. As you said, you know, in college football, 25 points per game isn't a whole lot. I mean, and in fact, when you look back, even as, as recently as 2020, Iowa averaged almost 32 points a game. So the thought was that you add two new receivers, an NFL caliber tight end, and a quarterback that's won a Big Ten championship, and plus growth along the offensive line, that 25 is a reasonable goal. And then you look at uh, the, the record that Iowa's had with, when they've scored 25 points under Brian Ferentz is 31-1. and one. So the thought is, if Brian Ferentz can at least get to that level, then Iowa's going to be a championship-caliber program with that defense and special teams unit. And, and uh, as the season kind of progressed, they started off slow and, and were a little bit sluggish on that side of the ball. I think some of it was unexpected. Some of it was. And But when Cade McNamara tore his knee and when you saw Luke Lachey go down with a broken leg, that really changed the dynamic of the offense, set it back, and then here we are now where it is, it's worse than it was last year. And last year I thought was rock bottom. <laughs> and so it's, uh, it's in a really a difficult situation where they're trying to play complimentary football without one of the three parts. Scott, I, you mentioned how not that long ago this offense was more than functional. They, you know, 32 points a game is, is pretty good. What happened over the course of the last few years that we went? Because it wasn't just you know 2020, like you mentioned. The first couple years under Ferentz, they were pretty solid, if not better than that, offensively. What happened? Like, where did this all go wrong? There are a couple of different areas and it all really collapsed at the same time. I mean, they didn't have they, – they lost some good wide receivers. Their offensive line, they had some really some really good players there for a while with Tristan Wirfs, Alaric Jackson. Both of them are starting left tackles in the NFL. Uh, Tyler Linderbaum, who's a starting center, and they weren't able to replace them. I mean, their classes, their 2018 and 19 uh, uh, offensive line classes produced – basically one offensive lineman and he was a marginal to below average starter mm. and so they bottomed out there uh they had a lot of injuries and then then you cannot dismiss quarterback play uh, nate stanley who was a guy that i think everybody thought was was serviceable decent at times he did throw 68 touchdown passes and since 2020 they've thrown 34 so you talk <laughs> about half the number of touchdown passes um you know over that period of time and so when you, when you add those up, then you look at, okay, are the coaches giving them the best opportunities to win? And I would say schematically, no, that they've been behind the times for a long time. But then uh, the coordination and the, and the play calling have not been up to par. So, um, you know, and, and it's realistic and perhaps even legitimate to say that, that they underachieved in Brian Ferentz's first three years when you have tight ends like Noah mm. Fant and TJ Hawkinson and and, you know, some pretty good receivers mm-hmm. and obviously the offensive line. So I think overall um, the last three years have really been indicative of uh, a lack of talent, lack of development, a lot of attrition, and probably play uh, poor play calling. Scott, I'm curious to know the state of mind the fans are in right now. What has been the overall reaction in Iowa City? Are people thrilled? Are they relieved? Do they 
not really care right now because Iowa's first in the Big Ten West. What's going on over there? Well, I can tell you this, that there are fireworks going off all over the place last night in Iowa City area, and I couldn't tell if that was because you know, Sam Laporta caught a touchdown on Monday Night Football and somebody <laughs> won a fantasy football game, or, or if that was because of uh, 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 I'm, I'm kidding. No, the, the reaction's been, oh, I mean, uh, as positive as it could be sure. um, here. I mean, and, and, and because this is something that Iowa fans have felt like they've felt paralyzed. I mean, when you have a coach like Kirk Ferentz and you can't dismiss his success, I mean, he's won 200-plus games. You know, he's a you know, Hall of Fame coach, one of the most successful in Big Ten history. However, the stranglehold over the football program has prevented any kind of change. And, and everybody here, and just like everybody everywhere, can see the detriments of this program. They have an outstanding defense. Last year was one of the best in the country. Um, and this year it's among the top ten. And then you have a, uh, maybe the best special teams unit in the country. And you have an offense that had 12 yards against Minnesota in the second half or that didn't complete a pass to a wide receiver against Purdue. And when you look at those things, you're like, how can you be so terrible in one area and so good in the others? And so that's kind of been the reaction here that people are like, finally, something's going to change here. And, and ultimately, I mean, this is an unusual situation because you have an interim athletic director making this bold move, um, and it's seemingly without the, the Ferris family consent. Then I think you overall, you know, you wonder what's the next step for Kirk Ferentz. Well, that hasn't been addressed. He will talk today, and I don't expect him to come out and say anything to his future. But it is something now that's that, that's probably the next question. Scott, you mentioned that million dollar question of what does this mean for Kirk Ferentz. I believe we talked either before the season or early in the season, and you said, hey, if this ends up going poorly for Brian, you can definitely see a world in which Kirk calls it a career as well. You still think that's on the table as far as possible options now that his son has been dismissed? I think anything's on the table now. I mean, you know, with, with, you know I've, never, I've never gotten the vibe that Kirk wants to leave. You know, part of it was Brian, um, you know, wanted to kind of leave on his own terms, and whether that's the NFL or – or another college job that, you know, I mean, he's going to go. He's got two other sons. It's, it's, it's funny because sometimes we think of him as like the, the only child just <laughs> because he's the crown prince or something. But, you know, I think in this case it's, uh, uh, you know, Kirk's going to have some decisions to make. He is 68 years old. He still has a really healthy program. I mm-hmm. mean, they're still third in the Big Ten and wins over the last, um, you know, five-plus years, and they, they've had some success. But, but now he's going to make a decision. I mean, you know, he is not the ruler of his kingdom anymore, that somebody else made that call. And he's got to decide, is this something that he wants to continue to go forward with, or is this something that he wants to end? And, and so that, that's going to be interesting to see, and I think a lot of that may play out through the course of the year. I mean, if they go one and three down the stretch or something, then I don't know that there's going to be a lot of people here saying, we need to continue this altogether. However, uh, you know, I, I haven't calculated this buyout today, but he does have a contract to 2030. So it, it's going to be his choice one way or the other. And uh, But this is one way where he can end his legacy on a high note. If he goes out and, you know, able to go get a different offensive coordinator, maybe this team takes another step forward. Scott, quickly here, just about 20 seconds. 29 and a half is the over-under this weekend. If you're a betting man, do you still take the under? Oh, yeah. You take the under every week. You might lose this week, but you're going to win.
Scott Dockerman from The Athletic. Scott, I know you've been crazy busy. We very much appreciate your time. All right, thanks for having me on. Hey, thanks, Scott. That's Scott Dockerman from The Athletic. Coming up next, we've got Chris Solari. He is covering Michigan State football for the Detroit Free Press. Coming up next to preview Nebraska's next opponent here on Herat Sports Radio.